This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Went to Mode Kings Mother, the podcast that follows the fantastic Chelsea FC Women's team. Uh, now, Chelsea were the late kickoff in the weekend's fixtures facing Everton at Kings Meadow. Uh, following some good news that West Ham had beaten Arsenal in an earlier kickoff, uh, Manchester City kept up the pressure on Chelsea, uh, beating Leicester 2 0 and momentarily moving to the top of the WSL. Um, Chelsea, though, have been in this position many times before uh, and run out comfortable winners in the end. Three uh, 0 over Everton at Kings Meadow. Uh, this is Went to Mo Kings Meadow episode one hundred and nineteen, titled "No He Slip Ups from Us." Get it? Yeah, no. Very good. Very. I like it. Not too shabby. Yeah, it's been worse uh, this season as well. Uh, uh, now, luckily, um, it's not just my bad headlines that you can listen to tonight uh i'm your hosting of course uh i am joined uh by the delightful sophie spittle sophie good to see you how you doing yeah i'm good thank you um thanks for having me on again always a pleasure uh to have you and we are also joined by um mr simon kingman so i'm good to see you as well yeah good to see you Dane. good to see you sophie uh good evening everyone looking yeah. forward to it again Good to see you both uh, on Sunday outside of uh, Kings Meadow, uh, along with uh, who else did I see? I'm going to forget everyone's name now. Um, I met Ross, who made the front cover of Kings Meadow Chronicle uh, for the first time. Uh, Johnny's mum, Margaret. Johnny writes for the Kings Meadow Chronicle. I suppose he's mum, Margaret, for ages. Um, I was always waiting for him to get off the bus. Uh I can't remember who else I saw. Lots of people, anyway. Uh, so I was there so early. I saw the players. I saw the players. Ricky, I saw after we spoke yeah. to you. See Ricky, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. And if I forgot, I met uh, Duncan as well and his family. Uh, his kids have been in the fan scene as well as the Junior Blues. Um, and 
everyone else who I can't remember your names now. Um, I know when I see you though, make uh, that's sure. Uh, including Basil, saw Basil, always good to see. Um, now remember, you can listen to this nonsense live uh, every Tuesday at around eight pm by heading to mixlots at mixlr.com and searching Went to Mo Kings Meadow. If you sign up for an account there, you can join in the show by posting on the chat page uh, as we go ahead. And if you are listening uh, to Went to Mo Kings Meadow on our own Went to Mo Kings Meadow platform, please make sure to leave us uh, a lovely five star review, or if you think we're terrible, leave us a one star review. Um, I'd quite like to read that as well. Um, now, on the show tonight, in part one, we're going to look at that win over Everton uh, in all its detail. And in part two, we're going to react to the UEFA Women's Champions League quarterfinal, semi-final and final draw, uh, which happened earlier today. And we're going to do all that after this. <laughs> Into it then, Chelsea lining up for this one in a 4 2 3 1 formation uh, with Hannah Hampton in goal, a back four of Ashley Lawrence, Jess Carter, Nathalie Bjorn, and Neve Charles. Erin uh, Cuppert and Melly Lewis continued their midfield partnership with Johanna Ritten Camrid, Lauren James, Guru Wrighton supporting Myra Ramirez for her full Chelsea debut. Emma Hayes made full use of her five available substitutions. She brought on Frank Kirby for Ritten Camrid in the 68th minute. Uh, in the 79th minute, she brought on uh, Shirk and Niskan, Aggie Beaver Jones, and me official for Lauren James, Guru Wrighton, and Mara Ramirez. Uh, and then in the 89th minute, Yelena Chankovic came on for Erin Cuppert. Uh, that left Shachira Musovic, Sophie Ingle, Eve Perise, and Kadisha Buchanan as unused substitutes for this one. Uh, and then stats wise, Chelsea had 54% possession, 16 shots, 6 on target, 10 corners, and 9 fouls. Two Everton's 46% possession, uh, 3 shots. None on target, four corners uh, and five fouls. Uh, and as always, Sophie will start with, with the lineup. And for me, um, although I did want Kankovic to start the game, probably the strongest offering I think we've got at the moment, uh, on paper at least anyway. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think there's some discussion about Lawrence or Perisay. I think they're much and muchness. I think what you gain from one, you lose from the other in terms of the way they play. But yeah, definitely I would say our strongest on paper line up with um without sort of seeing how the uh, injured players come back from injury. Um although I think you could put Frank Kirby in, but who you'd put her in for, I don't know, because everybody's performing well at the moment. So Yeah, I mean the lineup I did before the game left out written Cameron, which was harsh on her because she's been fantastic. Uh and that's only to enable Kankovic to play in the ten and moving Lauren James over uh to the right. But yeah, I think James is the 10 is is the play right now. And as we'll discuss, it enabled Chelsea to react to Everton. Um, but I suppose the big thing, Simon, was you know the full debut for, for Myra Ramirez. And, you know, it, exciting to watch her after that little cameo at Brighton. Yeah, yeah. She, um, I couldn't believe how quick she was. In the, the sort of first few minutes, she had that little run down the was it down the left and and shoulder barge one of their players and you know, oh my god we've got some player 
I know Rob, like we said before, didn't we? Rob sort of spoke about her and, and said how good she was, but she looks fantastic. Hopefully she'll uh, she'll score a goal, sort of get off the mark and and get going as soon as possible, really. But yeah, what a player. Her speed for the penalty as well. Just lightning quick. They were perhaps tiring, but super fast. Yeah, I mean, for me, Sophie, she showed all the little glimpses we saw at Brighton in more detail. Um, you know, her uh, pace, as Simon said, her strength as well on the ball. Um, and also, you know, a vocal point for the team to play into. And for me, all the best moments of that first half came through her. She had the cross across, uh, cross across for Wrighton where she miskicked uh, the ball and uh, shot was saved. Um, the penalty, of course, she was the one running into the channel and playing the ball across for that. Um, you know, the only sort of needs a downside to that performance is I described it as a bit like the new girl uh, in the camp where she's trying to sort of please people and, and make that pass rather than perhaps being a bit more ruthless and, and taking a shot. Yeah, but then saying that, that's the way we play, isn't it? If you think about Sam Kerr, Frank Kirby, uh, Guru, they, Aaron, they've all done that. They've all think, oh, we take take the shot, they spot the other player in a better position and we end up scoring anyway. Um, so whether it's a, a Ramirez trying to be nice or whether it's it's she's already absorbed the way we play, um, I don't know. But yeah, she, she looks some player. I mean, obviously I stand in the South Stand, so in the first half it was difficult to see exactly how impactful she was. Um, but having watched sort of like the goal and the highlights back, that that run for the the penalty and the other run she did. I mean, it, it's, as Simon said, her pace, but her strength as well. She just she's not going to be knocked off that ball. She's going to keep hold of that ball, um, and she's got good feet movement as well. Yeah, some player, some player. I can't. Yeah, just wow. <laughs> yeah, though I was surprised Everton had. I can't I don't know. It was number eight. It was probably about six foot one. Made Ramirez look small. Um, yeah. <laughs> So maybe that was a shock. Um, it wasn't to me anyway. Um, we'll move to that penalty, Simon. That was sort of the first real incident of the game. Um, at the time, I thought the ref had made a pretty bad mistake because it looked like the Everton player just cleared the ball and Cameron had gone over sort of the trailing leg. Um, I don't know, a bit further away from where you were. Um, but looking back on the highlights, you know, a good decision from Emily Hinchcliffe, actually. Yeah, I, I wondered whether she'd given it at the time for the um, the one on loopholes, but that was just a, a really good tackle, wasn't it? it? It's it's a strange one, isn't it? When you look at it again, you sort of see it from slowed down and it, it looks different. I don't know if it was given against us, would we be moaning? Yeah, but it wasn't, so it was definitely a penalty. Yeah. I like the way as well, going back to Ramirez, how the others were all sort of communicating with her as well. And I spotted loopholes sort of gesturing to her and sort of using her hands a lot and telling her what to do. I thought that was really, really good as well. Yeah, I mean, Sophie, you was even further away from the penalty uh, than Simon and myself. I was probably the closest to it uh, from where I sit the halfway line. Um, I guess you've watched it back now. You know, Simon says when it's against you, maybe you're feeling a little bit aggrieved, but... Although accidental as it may have been, you know her studs go down Cameron's shin uh, to her ankle, and it is by the letter of the law a penalty. Yeah, um, we just saw her go down, so we all shouted penalty because we just saw her go down and thought, oh well, she's gone down, it must be a foul. 
Um, I think for me, the the actually the more obvious potential penalty was when um, Ramirez ran into the box and got, I think it was Ramirez, got taken out um, and the play carried on. And I think Guru then got knocked over. It might have been Melanie. And then Canary had got the penalty. So I think there's possible like two or three options in that run of play where we, we could have had a penalty and it was just the final one that, that was given. Um, yeah, as, as you both said, if it goes against you, you're absolutely livid. Um, if it goes for you, you're thinking, oh, OK, fine. Considering it's our first penalty of the season, though, I'm not going to complain, I must admit. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, interesting fact there. Um, in the uh, league, in the league, no. obviously. Well, touched on as well, Simon, you know, you look on social media, you know, and you've got Everton, you know, first team players quote tweeting highlight clips and saying how it's not a penalty and about the ref booking the wrong player. Um to me it should be against some sort of FA rule um regarding players' conduct. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can't sort of be doing that sort of thing. You wouldn't get the men doing that, would you? Well, Erling yeah, um, Haaland did it after the Tottenham game. Uh, just put WTF on a clip where the ref pulls oh, free kick okay. back. Yeah, yeah. Do you not get the one where he went really, really? Yeah. I think he got banned for that, so I don't know why. Um, seen a little clip as well of um, somebody who filmed it while they were waiting for the players, and it was um, Yo-Yo talking to the girl that brought her down, sort of showing her what she did. Yeah, I didn't really know. was, yeah, yeah, the conversation that was had there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even the BBC Match Report says two controversial penalties. And it's just like, not really. Um, and we're going to get on to the second one soon. Um, but, Sophie, I suppose we've been used to Joe Chelsea having bright starts. The last three or four shows I've done, we talked about Chelsea having a bright start, but Everton sort of nullified us a bit. I know we created a few chances, but their 3-4-3 really causes problems, especially in midfield, I thought, in the first half. I thought we struggled to really grip the game there, and when we got onto the play of the match poll, that is why one player, for me, missed out on my, my funny poll. She would have been in it otherwise, but what did you make of that first half? Because I know we switched to a 4-4-2 pretty quickly. No, I agree. I mean, my, my thought process in the first half was we're getting overrun in midfield, and from my view, it felt more like they had a three and we had a two and their three was just swarming our two. Um, and because LJ was playing as the 10, there was no support from that direction um, either. Whereas if sometimes if you've got Fran or Nuskin in there, that they'll drop back a bit, which is fine because that's the way we're playing, especially against teams like Everton. We're playing with those four attackers to allow us to 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 attack with more verb and, and, and score more goals. But no, I agree. I think we were getting overrun in midfield, whether it was their four versus our three or however you want to look at it. I think there was definitely a game there. They they were winning that ball and swarming our midfielders, not allowing us to pass through midfield. So we had to come wide. And obviously we're playing the the five five players that they had at the back. Then that made it harder for us to go wide as well. Yeah. Then... The, other, the other thing as well, I, I felt that there was a, sorry, Dean, there was a gap on the left. The guru was playing quite narrow. So whenever they looked to go long or out to the left, Neve didn't have any support. There was a huge, great hole there on that side of the pitch. And looking down the pitch, 
like that, that looked really obvious. I don't know if it was obvious for you guys set on the side, but for us looking down the pitch, that left-hand side gap seemed really obvious because Guru was playing quite narrow. Yeah, well, we definitely noticed, you know, the old, the Man United game at Stamford Bridge, you know, the target was Nick Charles, and that's because Guru's, I don't know if she doesn't track back, I don't think she has to, um, is more the point. Um, if she was told to, she would, otherwise she wouldn't play, um, pretty simply. But, yeah, this new system this year where the you know, Guru's tucking in lots um, and then you're sort of having uh, Cameron play wide still. Uh, don't think it really suits her. Um, maybe that's why we're not seeing as many contributions from her. Because um, all the time last year down that left-hand side, Guru was always open because she was on the on so far wide. Um, but, you know, maybe they just rely on Neve's you know, ability to hold that position on their own as they did when, when Jess played there. Um, the second half sort of changed Simon a bit with Chelsea start going a little bit longer, especially with uh, Natalie Bjorn. You know, David on Mixler saying, love how she's fitted well into the back of you know, the back line of the team. And she played a couple of lovely balls through to Lauren James, uh, one where the goalkeeper almost got caught out. Yeah, she did that. That's we've spoken about her passing before, hasn't it? She's, um, she's just slightly in so well. Like she's always played for us. I was calling for uh, whether she could have maybe, but um, Lauren to sort of have a go and, and do a Sam Kerr and chip the goalkeeper rather than trying to take it round there. But then watching it again, it, it's sort of she drives her out a bit wide, doesn't she? So that option's probably cut off. But yeah, yeah, a couple of good chances. It's one where she went in as well, wasn't there? Sort of. Um, Somebody crossed it. I can't remember who it was now. Someone crossed it and she sort of slid in. Yeah, I mean, the, the Lauren one, I think the the cross into the box is a bit sloppy uh, when she's beating the goalkeeper. She's obviously looking for Ramirez, but um, obviously quite far wide um, from the goal. Uh, but Sophie, for me, you know, the second half, we really started to get joy down that right-hand side. Uh, especially for Ritten Cameron and, and Ramirez as well, but Ritten Cameron in particular. And I thought the sub to bring Kirby on for her was strange at the time because I think she just started to get going in the game. Uh, and then you lose that direct pace that Kirby sort of doesn't have anymore. Yes. But I would say that while she was getting a lot of the ball, I don't think her quality delivery into the box was there. I think they were they were, she was finding the defender too often, not looking up. Um and I, I was actually saying that I would have taken her off and brought on Frank Kirby, because I think Frank Kirby's running and skillfulness in that position, I think that's her best position. Um, if she's not going to play the number 10, gives us that little bit of difference. Um and Ramirez could then run down that side, um, and she could then come into the middle and use her, her footwork around the middle. So I, I wasn't surprised, and it, it's something that whilst Canarid offers that us out ball, that out ball's only any good if the quality in the box. And I, I just I don't think it was there particularly much on Sunday, as it has been the rest of the season. But it's still better than it was last season. So it's definitely improvement. But Sunday, I don't feel she was as effective as she has been in terms of getting the ball into the box. Yeah, it's probably fair. Um... But it, it was down that side, Simon, where we got the, the joy. Uh, you know, Ramirez 
first running the channel, then she found Cameron, who I don't know how she missed. Um, I think it was harder to put the ball over than it was to put the ball in, um, which probably leads on to Sophie's point about her not producing uh, in moments of clinicalness where you need it. Uh, maybe that's why Kirby came on when she did. Uh, but the second one, I want to say she was brought down. Uh, I don't know how much I do believe that, though. Uh, but it was a bit of a strange challenge to make uh, from the Everton defender, whose name now escapes me. Uh, even though I've heard it about a hundred times. Yeah, Wheeler. There we go. Uh, what did you make of, of that that penalty decision? Yeah, same again, really. It was, it was one of those ones, if it's given against you, um, that's when she she sort of just blistered into the, the box, didn't she? Whether it was she sort of stopped. I wondered whether it was the momentum as well of her running, but I think she'd sort of checked back a little bit anyway, didn't she, before then, before she brought, got brought down. Um, I don't know, probably more of a penalty than the first one, maybe. We'll give yeah, we'll give it a benefit of doubt, I suppose. Yeah, but we were all for her to take it as well, weren't we? When she got brought down. Yeah, I don't like people that haven't scored yet trying to score via penalties uh, for their first goal. Uh, never works well. Um, so if you mean for me, weird allows Ramirez to make the contact that there there is slight contact. Um. If it's against us, though, you, know, you want to storm the pitch. I think you know it's just a stupid challenge, really. It's not. I don't know why she went to ground when she did. I, I, I think Ramirez did try to check back. Maybe that's why she went down, thinking the cross was going to come in. But I don't know. I don't know what to make of that decision. No, it's tricky. I mean, she was obviously pulling Ramirez back, trying to pull Ramirez back by her hand earlier. And if Ramirez had gone down then, then that would have been a penalty. I was surprised it was given because I thought the tackle, because we stand at the back of the south stand and I can't actually see that edge of the pitch. I thought it had gone off the pitch, so I was surprised it was given. I thought it was a tackle off the pitch. I figured from that view it was a tackle and it was an obvious penalty. It's only since watching the highlights and seeing it it back, I'm thinking, ah, oh, Ramirez has actually been really clever there. As soon as she's gone down, uh, Ramirez has left her foot over the top of her leg and gone down draping her leg which if it get you've seen them given you've seen them not given again it's gone for us I'm going to take it but yeah you're right if it's gone against us we would be calling all kinds of ref all kinds of names like Anthony Taylor um, but at the moment Emily Heaslip's probably our favourite ref isn't she so can we have her for the Arsenal game please yeah we need to take against Arsenal for sure um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Let us know what you think uh, when you listen back to this. Um, you know, what was strange for me actually was the look on Wheeler's face in the in the highlights when the ref gave the seemed almost um, almost a look of resignation on her face that she had been found out and there was no real appeals compared to that first decision where they went absolutely mental for it. And I think yeah, the first exactly. was more so more than the second one. Yeah. Um, um, the interesting for me thing about that sort of going on from the penalty before we score it is after Ramirez had won it and she got up and it was obviously really obvious because it was just in front of us. So many of the Chelsea players came up and gave her a hug and said, yeah, well done. Good job. 
sort of really like including her in in the celebrations for winning the penalty, which I thought was lovely to see because it was a show that they were including her and and she was she's part of the team. She's not still that bringing her back in in sort of bringing her into the squad and the the thing they they sort of yeah they were really making sure she knew that she'd done really well and that was brilliant. So I thought that was really good. Um, and it, you don't see it on TV, you only see that sort of stuff in the ground. And I thought that was a really, really nice touch by the players. Yeah, well, talking of her, actually, I, I know I tweeted it out, but when I was standing and telling the fans in, she come by taxi, and the entrance, excuse me, the taxi just parts sort of on the entrance, like completely blocking the whole of the road. And she obviously gets out the side where the car behind couldn't see. So the car behind started bibbing, which was uh, Anne Katrinberger and Jess Carter, because uh, they want to get into the car park. And she obviously she gets out of the, the taxi and then starts waving to him. And I think they felt a little bit bad that they bibbed her. Uh, obviously, it wasn't her fault uh, that uh, the taxi driver decided to block the whole entrance um, and not do what all the other taxi drivers do, just drive in and then try and reverse out onto the main road. Uh, some of them without looking. Um, I, talking about that, just because it's come to my head, Simon, uh, when you go to your fans' forum, they need to put some street lights out there. Um, yeah, that was that picked up yeah. drive. Yeah. Um, when they cut across that drive, a lady fell over, uh, winded herself, but so did just trip up the little step. You can't see it. And I don't think people can see my books either. Um, yeah, yeah. It amazes me that the floodlights are on all the time as well. It can be uh, a 12 o'clock on a Sunday morning, um, May, and the floodlights will still be on. Perhaps they should just angle those floodlights back towards. The entrance. We'll just put a couple of street lights in. I'm sure Chelsea can afford it, even if Kingston yeah. Council won't. Um, well. I know it's not really their land there, but um, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about the fan forum later, actually, um, seeing as you're here. Um, yeah, then I sort of have had this light bulb moment, Sophie. Um, and I was obviously very upset that Jesse Fleming left Chelsea, but I have been very. Uh, enthusiastic about the signing of Sherpa Nuskin and I've worked out that that's because Nuskin is playing as Fleming when she comes on as a 10 she's a defensive number 10 and the press seems to move up these gears when she comes on and that's how the third goal happened uh, with the press out the pitch that we weren't seeing before sort of Nuskin and Kirby those sort of players were on the pitch yeah I think the start of the second half, there was definitely a press, and it was interesting because um, they they pressed a couple of times and been quite successful, and then almost like the third or fourth time, Ramirez wasn't sure if she was supposed to be leading the press, and she looked over her shoulder, and Jess Carter was there doing that. So, so sorry, bad for a podcast. I'm waving my hands in the air, pushing them forward, um, as if say, yeah, press, press, press. And Ramirez turned and pressed, made the press, and again they pressed and they made the error. So I thought that was quite interesting that obviously Ramirez isn't still quite sure when she presses, when she doesn't press. But that seemed to be the last time they did press. After that, it dropped off again until the substitutes came on and then the pressing definitely went up. And again, I think that's Kirby's strength. And obviously, as you're right, Nuskin seems to have taken on from Fleming in that, in that, in the fact that she can press as well as do everything else that she can do. Yeah, I mean, Simon, it's obviously you want sort of fair, your flair players playing in those roles, but it's, it's such a great option for us to have when you're 2-0 up to bring on a player that can defend from the front and not allow you know Everton to try and get something going in the game because Everton, although they claim that they've been robbed, uh, didn't really trouble us at all. No. Um, 
we played some of our best football as well, sort of going back to uh, Guru as well when she wasn't when she was injured, and we had um, Lauren out on the left, Yo Yo on the right, and Nuskin up there as well. She scored that hat trick, didn't she, Nuskin? Sort of played some good football then. Yeah, yeah, I really like her. Yeah, I mean, I finally got anyway. Uh, I finally got round to posting on Patreon for any comments or questions uh, about this game. Uh, we got one from from Ben, a good friend Ben, uh, and he asked Sophie, "Was Aaron's goal a contender for WSL Goal of the Month? Not just the finish, but the four or five one-touch passes that led up to it." Uh, and then a secondary question asking if goals of the month are usually too biased to individual efforts, e.g., from thirty yards or dribbled from the halfway line, or is that the point of them? No, I agree. I think for me it would be a contender's goal of the month, uh, whether it will be again for that second point. Goals like that don't make the highlight reels with all the build-up. It's just the last couple of passes and then the shot, whereas the wonder goals, they make much better highlight reels, don't they? And, and that's what goal of the month are sort of judged on, is, is, is the highlight reels. But I thought it was brilliant play. It was quick passing, everybody knew where everybody was going to be, the, the first touches, the the interchange between the players, the winning of the ball through the press. It, it, it was just a brilliant team goal. Um, really, really lovely to see. And I think ultimately that's the sort of football that we're aiming to be playing week in, week out. Obviously, it's going to take time. But when it does come off, it's superb to see. Really enjoyable. And Erin took her goal so well. Um, especially when you see, see sort of like the angle from behind the goal. You can see her just keeping her head down deliberately and just putting her foot straight through the ball. Um, such a well-taken goal. Yeah, Simon, what, what's your thoughts on, on Ben's question? Questions? Questions. It was back to the old um, sort of tap, tap, boom. Scoring, playing. And the uh, Ferrarian score as well. Yeah, I think that was one of those ones where, you, you again, you don't appreciate it at the time until you see what a great finish it was. And the uh, I like the badge tap. Celebration in front of Sophie there in the south stand. Yeah, with with the armband, of course, taking over from from Neve yeah. for this one. It was quite surprising, I think, as well, wasn't it? It's sort of strange that it's Neve, and then it's given. I think Erin should be captain, slightly just ahead of Neve. Well, you obviously haven't read all of Sophie's piece yet in King's Meadow Chronicle, which has the reason. Not, but... Yeah, so there's your homework for tonight. Um, Sorry, I think. Yeah. I've, I've not read anybody else's article in uh, articles in that in that edition yet either. So <laughs> the men's one, I don't read anyone's part of myself. Uh, mainly to remember what I've written. Um, so I seem to forget when I send it in, but I do read everybody's in Keith Miller Chronicle because I edit it. Um, for me, yeah, you know I've, the amount of goals scored against Everton where we take the ball off the defender. Um, or they pass it to us because we're pressing them too out the pitch. Um, they haven't seemed to learn yet. Um, maybe because their manager wasn't on the on the bench at the time. I think he'd been sent off by them. Uh, not sure what for exactly. Um, but must apparently have said Emmer, Emmer, apparently Emmer explained it in a post match press conference, and it was um, the substitute that they were going to make. They wanted to change, but it was too late to change. So he sort of sounded off about that and got a yellow card. Obviously said something else and got the red card. And apparently somebody said to Emma, did he deserve it? And she went, oh, yes. 
I've not seen it, but that's what I've heard um, either in an article or, or I can't remember where from that, that that's what happened in the press conference. So apparently that's what it was. Well, we got a lovely reaction walking around the West Ham anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's fun. Um, yeah, so I think that takes us to my player of the match poll. And I do want to give my reasons for the selections uh, for each player. <laughs> Uh, in last place was was Jess Carter with five percent. Um, now because of who won the poll, a player missed out. The player that missed out was Cuthbert, and that was just because of that opening to the game when the midfield was really overrun. And um, when you're playing in that position, it sort of kind of comes down to you. Uh, I know it's not exactly your fault if you've got more opposition players than you, but um, that was my reasoning. And I thought Jess was fantastic again. Uh, Everton had no shots on target and. I think one of the defenders deserved a place uh, on the poll, and I went with Jess. She got 5% of the poll uh, vote. Poll. Uh, Ramirez got 25%. Again, you know, everything in the first half came through her. Two penalties were through her runs uh, with the ball. Um, Wrighton gets picked because she scored two penalties. Um, I know Simon hates it, but it's the way it works. Um, she got 33% of the poll uh, vote. Uh, and the winner was Emily Heaslip with 37% of the vote. Um, now I only put her in because of what Twitter was like at the time uh, saying that she won the game for us I actually think she got two calls right and if I'd have seen them at the time without being in the ground I wouldn't have included her in the poll at all because I thought she just did her job uh, as the ref which is unusual and Coppert would have been in there uh, and Simon I think you would have had her as the winner Who Coppert or the ref uh, look, if Coppert was in there, I think Coppert would have been your winner. Yeah, I was I was quite upset about that, to be honest with you. Very upset. But I did vote for the ref because she's one of my favourite people in the world anyway. Yeah, well, I did get more uh, more um, retweets and interactions because I put the ref in uh, than if I just went with Coppert as a usual poll. So uh, it worked for us. Um, Sophie, which player that's not on the poll, including Coppert, probably is your player of the match? No, we couldn't decide in the game because we thought everybody sort of played well. Nobody really stood out. Um, going back to Jess uh, being in there, I agree. I think the no shots on target, um, her and Natalie seem to be forming uh, a really good partnership. And it was noticeable in the first half, yeah, when we were defending, that the two of them were very communicative with all of the other defenders around them. So Jess was pointing stuff out to, Nat to other defenders, telling them where to go. Natalie was also moving players around and telling them where to go. And it felt like the two of them together make quite a good team and are very talkative. Whereas I think if you put uh, different players in there, that's what the problem is, is there not necessarily been enough communication. So I thought that was really interesting and positive to see. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens when Millie Bright gets back, because I don't think either her, uh, Jess Carter or Bjorn deserve to be dropped on their performances at the moment. But you can't not play Millie, can you? So I'm... Intrigued to see what happens um, then, because hopefully Millie won't be too long before she comes out. As for player of the match, it's interesting because I was going for Erin, but I hadn't thought of it like you said, Dean, about them not controlling the game in the first half. So therefore, it's uh, it makes it difficult. So I think I didn't vote in the player of the match, but I think I would probably go Ramirez if I was voting now from your points about your point about Erin. But previously, I probably would have gone Erin. Yeah, I, I do think it is harsh because um, they're playing against more players. Um, it's not necessarily 
their fault um, as such. But I think when it's your position, um, I mean, if you, if it's a centre half against a centre forward, then uh, you're in trouble. And I think Emma reacted very quickly to it, which was good. Um, and just having the flat four and, and tucking uh, Cameron in a bit and and Wrighton helped the situation immensely and just pushed Lauren up next to Ramirez uh, without the ball, uh, of course. I, I I didn't notice that till the second half because I couldn't see that high up the pitch at the other end. But as soon as they came out of the second half, I'd noticed that it was a 4-4-2. Um, but yeah, I was a bit slow on the uptake. I didn't notice it in the first half. Yeah, I guess I just got a, a, quite a good angle from where I am. And I was like, what is going on? And looked at what Evan were doing, uh, which was packing that four very compact and the three up front two were very wide. Um, as an out ball, um, it sort of worked and didn't because they were good but terrible at the same time, uh, which I suppose is what we've come to expect from Everton. Uh, good but terrible. Uh, and there we go, Chelsea back, of course, to the top of the WSL. Uh, no Heasley pups from Chelsea, uh, despite oh, several Arsenal fans, probably. Um, we're going to go for a short break now. Uh, before we do that, a reminder that issue nine of Chief Medical Chronicle is out now and available to buy. Uh, there are just 33 copies available now because I've got one more ready to post in this envelope that I'm holding up right here. Um, we've also got mm, six issue eight copies for a pound and now 18 issue four copies for 10p so I can get rid of them. Uh, all available from kingsmedicronicle.bigcartel.com and hopefully at one more game between now and the end of February, uh, which is either tomorrow or Man City. Uh, definitely not Crystal Palace. Um, but yeah, easiest way is to go online and order it, and I'll send it out to you in the post. Uh, the link we'll put in the description box uh, as well. Uh, we'll be right back after this short break. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices – it's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Uh, welcome back to part two of Wentzburg Kings Meadow. Uh, time now then to react to earlier... Uh, the, sorry, the UEFA Women's Champions League draw, which happened earlier today. Uh, Chelsea, of course, a uh, group winner, uh, could face one of 
Bran, Benfica and Ajax. And it turned out to be uh, the Dutch side Ajax. Uh, and Sophie, I can't remember if you said you wanted to draw them because of a trip to Amsterdam or not. Um, I didn't mind who we drew, but they were probably my least favourite um, because I think they're the trickiest game and I've been to Amsterdam lots, so I would like to have gone somewhere different. But you've got to win the people you play against regardless of who they are. So I'll take Ajax. It's a nice stadium. I've been there before. I'm lucky enough to go there for the Europa League final when the men won. So, yeah, it's a good stadium, lovely city. So if you're thinking about doing it, going, do it. It's my recommendation. Yeah, although I don't have no passport, so definitely not me going to, to Amsterdam, although it is a place I do want to visit. Um, yeah, Simon, as Sophie said, you know, any of the four the four teams we could have drawn, I fancy us against, you know, immensely. Uh, you know, I think all the, the top seeds are going to go through pretty unscathed. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, on that draw, the, the quarterfinal draw? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we said it last week, didn't we? we? We've got to beat them. They shouldn't pose a problem. Um, the dates have been announced as well, haven't they, for the games tonight? Do they? Yeah, don't ask me what they are, though. Is it the... Uh, I've just got it. Is it the 19th of March away and then the... Is it the 27th? 27th of March, yeah. So I don't know whether that means that the Arsenal game I've seen that it might be the Friday or the Saturday. But, Rather than the advertised Sunday. Yeah, I doubt it's going to be the Friday because of uh, it's obviously at Stamford Bridge, uh, which is going to mess up uh, their fixture. So they will be a, if they can do a Saturday. I don't know what the Chelsea men's fixtures are like uh, around that time. Well, they're away to Arsenal on that day. Oh, on the 16th yeah um, so they yeah. can use Stafford Ridge on the Saturday uh, which is better for me actually than a Sunday uh, but yeah then Barcelona are in the fight in the semi-final I suppose yeah of course Although we hope they out obviously yeah if, unless Bram pull off a miracle uh, but Sophie you know like we said before you know taking on someone like Barcelona you do want to do that sort of over one leg, but I suppose if you stay in the game in the first leg, you can make that second leg go at a side and I think losing that first leg one nil last season, that's about ultimately what what killed us. Yeah. I think we need to be very careful about talking about going through because I think Ajax are a very good team. They gave they finished second in a group that had um Bayern Munich and Roma in. They took points off those teams. They're very good at home. Um, they're a good young team. So I don't think it'll be an easy, easy route through if we do win. I think the advantage for us is that we've got the second leg at home, so we're going to know what we can, what we need to do and 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 can do, hopefully, make it slightly easier than we did against Leon. Um, but, yeah, if we do go through, um, I don't know, are we away first or away second in the Barca leg if we do go through? Because I think if we can be away second in that one as well, then that would be a big difference. I think that was part of the problem last year. Um, yeah, the page I'm looking at on BBC has it as Brand slash Barcelona versus Ajax or Chelsea. So that means we're away first, home second. Okay, so again, that could make a difference. If we All we need to do there is stay in the game. We get the same result at Munchuk that we did in the new Camp last season and 
anything's possible at Stamford Bridge. So, yeah, we've got to beat Ajax first. So I'm not counting my, my chickens. I'm going to worry about Ajax before we worry about Barcelona. Yeah, that is pessimistic Sophie back there for us. <laughs> I'm straight ahead to Barcelona. Um, it's the semi-final draw. Um, and I remember when we played at home last season, I'm sure Lauren James come on at half-time uh, and gave Chelsea an attacking impetus. And this is the sort of game where we're going to look to her, especially to try and get a sent out this game. That I've already seems to play She seems to play better. As Stanford Bridge as well, isn't she? Bigger pitch, more of her to yeah to glide over. Yeah, and then obviously another Lauren, another Lauren masterclass incoming. Yeah, I mean the other quarterfinal draw is obviously Brand Barcelona, as we've mentioned, uh, Benfica Leon, and then Hacken versus uh, Paris Saint Germain, uh, and obviously those two will meet in the other semi final. Uh, so after beating Ajax and Barcelona, Sophie, who do you fancy for the final? Who do I fancy? Yeah. <laughs> who do I think will happen? Leon. I think Hacken could surprise PSG, you know. Yeah. It wouldn't... I mean... Will they be back into their season by then? I don't know. Um, dodgy pitch. Depends which PSG turn up. Anything's possible, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and we will be there uh, to witness it all and obviously podcast that um, when the fixtures happen. Uh, so make sure you join us uh, for those and get your tickets to that quarterfinal uh, at Stamford Bridge, uh, which I think is a Wednesday, the 27th of uh, March. Um, obviously, the dates and that, I think, have been confirmed, so just check the website for ticket details. Yeah, it's the, when, it's the Wednesday before Good Friday. And if you knew when Easter was, that would make sense uh, to you, uh, to me. <laughs> um, I suppose the last thing I want to touch on, Simon, as you're here, is um, the fan forum. Uh, if you want to explain what it is and your role in it now, I suppose. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I was um, put forward by Nick Wiltshire of Kings Meadow Official Supporters Group, which is the um, the other supporters group I suppose the uh, I don't know how to describe it really nice one the uh, yeah the, the funnier funnier slightly not quite as anal one maybe I'm not sure not sure if that will get me in trouble somewhere along the line um, but it's basically set up um, it's new that we've got a, a women's one there's a men's one isn't there and they've sort of included the women's supporters groups, but it's not an individual. Um, I'm just looking at the the reps. There's I don't know who the reps are, but there's going to be um, an access rep, Chelsea women's supporters group rep, Kings Meadow supporters group, Chelsea supporters trust, Chelsea supporters group, Chelsea supporters club, Chelsea pride club, Chelsea, authenticity and culturally diverse family rep. Fans Forum rep, uh, female, home season ticket holder, uh, WSL Stamford Bridge package holder. That'll be an interesting one, I think. See what they've got to say. Uh, LGBTQI plus overseas fan, away ticket purchaser, 
16 to 21 year olds and 65 and over. So it's quite a, a good range. I should imagine everybody will be at the same issues, ticket prices and Stanford Bridge games, packages, two for ones. There's been some quite interesting responses from things that I've seen as well. Yeah, and what are the plans people... for uh, meetings and stuff like that? Going to be, I believe, free a season. First one is Valentine's Day, which has got me in a bit of trouble because Vicky said at least you'll be spending Valentine's Day with your one true love, which I think is a little bit harsh. No, I'm not fair. there. Tell her I'm not no, there. No, exactly. exactly. Um, yeah, free meetings season. I think you as a rep get to um, spend two seasons on the forum. And then there's, there's different agendas, I believe, for each meeting. So I think this one is going to be sort of ticketing um, atmosphere and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see and see what we can do and then what we can communicate and how quickly we can communicate it with fans. Yeah, and if people want to get in touch about an issue, they can do that to you, or do you have to go through the Pacific Rep? Um, I believe that it's through the Rep, from sort of people that I've spoken to that sort of have done it before. I think the one um, that I'm involved in is for that group, so anybody on that group can get in touch with me. I don't know if it is, yeah, sort of group specific but yeah feel free and then i can always pass it on to whoever that rep is i think it was um stan rodriguez is gonna try and get a list of all the reps and who they represent what groups they represent yeah i've had an email from stan actually about doing something for the fan team uh including the reps uh so you'll find the information in Good. the next Sorry, you want to come in there, Simon? Yeah. No, no, it, it will be, be interesting. be interesting. There's, there's sort of different things that I've got. It's disabled parking, for instance, and and people are saying about the north stands, they can't get access to the bar when the bar has trophies in to have pictures with and players going over that side. So hopefully they'll listen. We'll see. Yeah, I've a couple of things to the away fans rep about away match tickets and stuff. So it'd be interesting to see what happens on that side of it as well. Yeah, I mean Simon's available on Twitter at King at Kingman Simon. Uh, Facebook in the group you'll find him uh, posting terrible block A songs. Uh, you find him there. Uh, I think well. Yeah, pass anything to me as well, and I'll pass it on to Simon uh, if if need be. Uh, however you want to do that. Um, I just want my own street light uh, at the front of Kings Meadow for the night games. Um, spotlight, surely. Yeah, I'll lean against it, and then it can come. The light can shine down. Um, <laughs> that's not too much trouble. Uh, I'll also know a good building firm if they want to outsource that contract uh, for a good price. Uh, just get in touch. Uh, now, sadly, that is all we've got time for uh, tonight. We will be back on Friday to look back at tomorrow's. Uh, Quantity Cup game in Sunderland. Um, I was going to preview it, but then I don't know nothing about Sunderland. Uh, and I don't know anyone that Emma's going to pick, um, apart from 
Uh, Muzovic is going to be in goal. That's my top tip uh, for the team leader tomorrow. Uh, make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Mokings Mellow, on Instagram at Went to Mokings Mellow. You can follow me at D Mears, Sophie at Traveller74, and Simon, as I've said, at Kingman uh, Simon. Um, and if you enjoy the show, you like what we're doing, you want to support us to continue to make content that you love, uh, why not consider signing up to become a Patreon member? Uh, it costs you £5 a month, so just like a beer or a coffee, uh, it helps support the show and you get uh, early ad-free listening to the show uh, exclusive sticker and you also get a subscription if you're based in the UK uh, to King Mellow Chronicle for free as well uh, so lots of fun stuff uh, not just uh, the show so um, please consider that because it really helps us do uh, all the stuff we do uh, especially paying for it which is the most important thing um, yeah thanks for listening until next time uh, from King's Meadow to Wembley keep the blue flag It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.